Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello, folks. Welcome. Welcome to the show. As Trevor said, this is Bitstorm. Hello. We will make some game designs for your pleasure. And how will we do that, Ben? Uh, we are going to mine the brains of famous game developers. We've captured them. We're hiding them in the basement. We're going to bring them out and uh, get a syringe and just uh, pull out all that game juice. No, that's not true. No, we're going to play Click Pitch. <laughs> this is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're going to click refresh, get a new word, jam them together, and... Uh, and uh, make a game design out of those words. That sounds like fun. Shall we do this? Episode 127. Oh, my fucking Christ. Let's do it. Three, two, one, quick. Yeah. Broth. Rose. So, I'm immediately picturing a uh-huh. witch over a cauldron. Ooh, okay. Is her name Rose, <laughs> or is that one? Of, is this is this a fairy tale kind of thing where we've got like the prick of a rose for Sleeping Beauty, or the the apple for no apple for no apple for Snow White? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been I've been looking at a bit of Monster Prom lately, so I'm sort of in that sort of thing of I'm mm. always seeing like this witch over this coven uh, uh, with this coven, you know, sort of over this cauldron, but. She's in like a either a getting a date to a prom or she's like in a bachelor style situation. So I'm thinking like okay. a gamified fantasy bachelor, fantasy, fantasy bachelor. reality TV bachelor. All right, let's let's go down that route. Uh, so yeah, I played a little bit of Monster Prom recently too. So we could take some of those elements where it's just kind of. Uh, little little vignettes, little decision making conversation trees uh, that kind of that kind of change your relationships between people. Um, yeah. I, I guess obviously we'd present it in that sort of TV fashion, yeah. Um, as if I guess as if the player is also watching the show. Yeah. Okay. What can we? So let's just to not make it too one sided. Maybe this can be a kind of. I don't. Literally, the only reason I know anything about this is because of um, Griffin and uh, Rachel McElroy's podcast, Rose Buddies. But um, Bachelor in Paradise, I believe, had like an equal number of men and women. Yes, and it was sort of just they would each go on different dates with different people and see how they got along. So we could sort of do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I- and obviously, we wouldn't limit it to to. You know, opposite gendered dates, uh, but just a good spread of uh, genders and monster types. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm certainly picturing that. Um, you you kind of get to create your character mm-hmm. um, with with like an an awesome sort of character creator. Uh, where you get to choose the archetype of, you know, witch or monster, as in um, a put-together monster. You can choose of the Frankenstein variety. 
Right. Well, of the Frankenstein's monster variety. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you could- <laughs> a monster character creator could be a lot of fun all by itself. Yep. Like, I can see people spending hours just- Particularly if you can set different factors, like- Yeah, like, y- you're right. You've got the archetype or almost like an origin. So, you yep. know, if they're a- If they're a Frankenstein's monster- <laughs> And they're all created by Doctor Frankenstein. He's got a conv- he got a con- uh, like a assembly line now, you know. <laughs> yep. But uh, that means that you've you know the the different parts you choose uh, are all going to be sewed on. Or well, but, well, know, what you I think you get to change do- the color of the stitching and <laughs> what what I, what I think you get to do in there is you get to sort of choose what cadavers you you choose bits from. <laughs> <laughs> so you just got like meat hooks with dead bodies going past. It's like, yep, I'll take that leg. <laughs> um, well, I'll just- Yeah, but I was just thinking, I wonder if you can, like, layer some of these things. I wonder if you can choose multiple kind of um, aspects, almost, where you could be a ghost Frankenstein or a vampire wolfman or Ooh, a- I like you know, that. So, so, yes, you get to choose your archetypes, but you can sort of mix and match- you know, maybe up to two things together. So, you can't be, like, a, a witch Frankenstein's monster um, vampire hybrid. But yeah. you can definitely be a vampire Van- Frankenstein's monster. Or you yeah. can be a, yeah. you know, and then a they vampire can zombie. Affect- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they can affect different aspects in each of the scenes. Like, if you've got the vampire aspect, then, yeah, like, you can have some scenes related to- to wanting to to like drain somebody or or even just innuendo around sucking on things <laughs> there'll be a whole series of jokes and puns for every archetype for every aspect and yeah then i like the idea of it just kind of again similar to monster prom it's gonna be a sequel like these little scenes that just play out well i'm, I'm thinking what it is is it's it's monsters in paradise i, I think you've, you've right yeah there you go you're pretty much going down that sort of that sort of route. I'm I'm thinking what other what other sort of monsters can we bring in? I'm thinking like a, a lich, Wendigo, yeah. um, just literally going through a beholder. I'm going through all the things in like supernatural, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's I guess anything with a with a body. Are we going to have any like a poltergeist that just kind of rattles? Pots and things. Well, on I'm, their date. I'm, I'm thinking you've got to have like a haunted doll. You know, yeah. I, I think I think that's that's like a, a perfect sort of thing that you've you've got like a, a spirit that exists within a doll, but you know when it goes on a date, then the spirit actually comes out and you get to see the spirit. <laughs> right, but it can't be interacted with physically unless it's in a doll form. I uh, know ghosts and ghosts can can interact. A witch could maybe s- cast a spell that- um, To, like, corporealize so, them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, and these could kind of be in the scenes where- I think what would what would benefit you from having the, uh, the aspects that you can choose a couple from, then you're able to custom write scenes between, like, a zombie and a witch, and you're more likely to have that happen kind of thing, right? Like- Mm-hmm. And it will pull from those different those different scenes, depending on not just how you've created a character, but how your stats are going, and and which characters you've sort of made uh, grown grown relationships with, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, 
I, I yeah. quite like that. Um, I, I think with the, with the different vignettes and, and, you know, the different archetypes, you could definitely have some, have some fun creating, creating conversations. Yeah. 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 This is, uh, this is interestingly similar to a game that back in my twenties and late teens, I was forever trying to, to make, and I was going to do it as like a web, um, a web game where it, re- it was just a series of scenes, but the, the different scenes that would come up would, uh, depended on what your stats were at any point and, and that you could have sort of any number of arbitrary stats. So you could easily create sort of a sequence of scenes. But just given that you had particular conditions, the scenes would always make sense and then they'd change your stats in other ways and it would just pull randomly from a big database. Although I never quite got that working, but this is kind of, kind of pulling the strings of that a bit where, yeah, you know, you've got, uh, 50 scenes that could be pulled from, but, you know, between a vampire and a Frankenstein's monster and, you know, a, c- a couple of different endings for each. And obviously there's a fair bit of writing there, but if you make it, if you make it easy enough to write, and where I was going with that is my idea was going to be that that users could write them themselves. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then there's always going to be content, you know. Yeah, but the second that you let um, users write all the content for you, the second that it gets extremely racist or sexualized. Oh no, no, no! And I'm not. <laughs> I would never. I would never just put it out there unmoderated, uncut. You know. <laughs> but uh, I guess what I mean is. Even if it was just your dev team doing it or whatever, you could like, you could have a bunch of writers pumping them out over a few weeks and get a ton of content. <laughs> All I'm thinking is every time you go to talk to someone, it's like, I keep on getting eight equals 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 <laughs> equals capital D. <laughs> what does that even mean? It's a one. I know, but it looks like a dick. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Publicity. Ripeness. Ooh. Okay. I went straight to anthropomorphic fruit. Cool. This is the story of Peach. (laughs) Funnily enough, she's an avocado. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know. Like a world- Like I'm just sort of thinking movie stars in in a world where everyone is fruit- I don't know. Is there something there? Okay, that's all I had. So I'm I'm just thinking about because I was thinking of publicity. So I'm now thinking about 15 minutes of fame because fruit really starts to die the second (laughs) it's taken off the tree. Yeah, yeah. So the whole 15 minutes of fame aspect, I, I. I it's like, like 15 hours of, of fame. It's, it's how long you st- the fruit st- t- uh, has before it just, yeah, starts to go too well, soft. Well, it depends. I mean, if, if a banana strips down, you know, it's only got, That's you true. know, 15 minutes before it gets brown. So, there's a reason. <laughs> God, so there's a reason bananas don't do nude scenes? Is that what you're saying? I'm thinking so, but- um, the thing is, if you if they're in an action film and they get beaten up, they're going to get, you know, they're bruises very quickly and they're not going to heal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking this whole world is- All right. You know- So, it's a world where everybody has very limited lifespans, hmm. really, but we are focusing on, uh, like, famous people. 
the celebrities of the fruit world. <laughs> Thing is, the the celebrities of the fruit world. I'm just I'm just picturing. Um, okay, so the the biggest star is actually a piece of fruit that is still on the tree. Like, okay, well, that's a child star, right? It's a child star, <laughs> but um, the thing is, uh, they basically they CGI out the tree when, the, when it's acting. <laughs> when it's acting, <laughs> okay, to make it look older, uh, <laughs> it's like their version of of aging CGI. Yep. Uh, all right, I like the setup. What uh, what sort of game is this? Is this? I mean, we could go point and click. Do you have a character that you play or is this sort of just somehow a view into this world where you're you're having an effect? Um, yeah, I, I kind of want the antagonist to be a bird. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Just, just because just because I, I think this whole idea of uh, the reason what, for the entertainment is all these people are scared of, like- Birds and insects and and everything else that c- they can basically eat and harm them, yeah. Um, let let alone like actual people. But I- I'm thinking in this world, people have been extinct for many many years. But um, I mean, yeah. How else would fruit become the dominant life form? Yep. Um, <laughs> so I think what one of the things that the um that the fruit actually fruit actually want to do is they want to eventually reproduce now the way fruit reproduces is it actually dies mm-hmm. and rots on the ground to then you know let it let seed, it seed like, create create a, a new tree mm-hmm. to then create new things so the the whole retirement thing of of an actor is not seen as a as a Sad sort is of thing. It's a bad- Yeah. It's like reaching the potential. Yeah. Well, so maybe this is about the celebrity gives the- Like, the more famous a piece of fruit is, the more choices they have for where they get to die. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so maybe there are, like, prime positions for a new tree to, to grow that's going to, you know, produce the most fruit um, or be furthest, you know, f- more protected from the birds or something like that. And so- the reason these, this fruit is even trying to become famous is is so that their legacy is protected and and their children can grow up safely. So I, I do like your idea of a of a um, adventure game, point and click. Mm-hmm. What I'm picturing is at the start, this is your first big break, um, getting a commercial or something like that, because because the fruit the type of fruit that you play, you only have like. You've just been picked, and you've got basically fifteen hours. Yep. So, fifteen hours to get to get your fifteen minutes of fame. Basically, do it, do it in real time. Um, <laughs> not necessarily real time, but you know, like I'm um, thinking as you go to do different things, and basically you're in a whole heap of different vignette sort of things. Of- yeah, so it's it's one of these kind of time slash resource management games where it's like, okay, what am I going to do next? I'm going to spend you know, an hour training a certain skill uh, and and that's going to give me better opportunities for, for what I can do after that. But it's also going to obviously take up a, a big chunk of my time. Yeah. 
And I know I don't really like this, like when games do this, but I think the quick time event does actually come into play in this sort of game because I, I think how well you do in that depends on on what sort of what avenues open up for the next hour. So right, I think yeah, basically. Well, it could also just be minutes- you know if you do fight training. Mm-hmm. For example, because you know action movie stars, because of the risk involved with the aforementioned bruising, mm-hmm. uh, you know they they're going to make more money, or they're going to they're going to get more. I don't know. Is it money? Are we coming up with some currency that or some sort of point system that allows them to get the the prime locations? I don't know. But if you do badly on that, you might get bruised just from the fight training, right? And then you're not going to be able to get certain other types of jobs that rely on, like, how pristine a piece of fruit is. <laughs> you're going to go in the odd bin. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you then can only get work as a stunt actor. And yeah. therefore, you know, you're, you're not actually known on screen. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're limiting, you know. Or you have to go for, like, voice acting jobs. <laughs> so, I'm just picturing now, like, you're almost, um, each time that the game starts up, basically, it's following, like, you can choose what type of fruit you, you want to be. I'm sort of yep. almost moving away from the um, from the point-and-click adventure as such. Yeah, more, I think this is a- almost- more of like a roguelike. A roguelike slash arcade. So it's played from a yeah. point of view of a publicist sees a piece of fruit. Right. And sort of based off your your fruit selection at the start that you create your fruit sort of you know, you get to choose Well maybe you don't look. get to choose. Maybe it's randomized in certain ways. And so maybe oh, yeah. you get a selection of like five pieces of fruit at the beginning that come across as dossiers across your across, across your desk. And you being the publicist gets You're to- the publicist. Yeah, you get to, like, choose who you're going to take on and try to make into a star. Because uh, that's actually- That'd be a, an interesting framing device for that whole thing of, like, okay, this is what you're going to have your client do next. And, again, that would also account for, okay, that- So, so the publicist probably can't be a piece of fruit because- I feel like they need to survive multiple, you know, lifetimes. <laughs> well, what I'm what I'm thinking is they they look like a piece of fruit, but that's something that you find out throughout the game that mm-hmm. maybe you know what they actually are. <laughs> the <what>? fruit cake lasts <laughs> 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 <Well>, for a. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I've seen everything. I've seen fruit come and go. I know what makes um, a star. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea that you play the publicist that you don't actually really ever get to see. Yeah. Like, it, it's always from behind the desk sort of thing. That, yeah, um, yeah. And everything that you do is is almost from, from the view until you get towards the end. If, if you happen to finish, like, one whole run through. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of reveals it. Yeah. As there's this, like, rotting piece of fruit ahead of in front of you asking you <laughs> what to do next. <laughs> but I, I like that aspect of it then because, as, you know, as any good roguelike would do, each run unlocks other options for you. And that could be almost your reputation as a publicist opening new doors for your clients mm. and that sort of thing. New networking opportunities, 
you know, you, you can put them through a better combat training thing or, uh, you know, you've got additional things. Maybe you, you know, at the end of it, um, when you're getting close to the end, you've got like, you can freeze your client to keep them <laughs> fresh for longer or something, you know. <laughs> but, but of course, um, if you, if you're doing really badly, then all you're going to get access to is like fruit salad scenes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like zombie. They have to play zombies because they're they're so rotted and bruised. <laughs> zombie fruit. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking basically the fruit salad scenes are almost like the the hardcore pornography of the fruit world. <laughs> <laughs> they have to take their skin off. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a snuff film, but it's. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It's like, oh my god. I saw a pit. <laughs> they just run into a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was trying to figure, figure out if seeing someone's pit oh, would be God. like the equivalent of seeing them naked or seeing like their bones through their flesh, which is, I think the latter. Well, given the pit is like the seed, then effectively- Yeah. It's, it's like- Well, <laughs> I guess it- Yeah. This is the essence of me. <laughs> well, that's it. So, is it sexy or is it like horrifying? Is Maybe it, is it's it a bit seeing of both. someone's internal organ? <laughs> both. They're just they're all fruit, uh, like necrophiliacs, because their whole life is about like rotting and growing from the their insides. Yeah. Well, really, what they are, what fruit is, is essentially the brain is like the seed. So. Right. The, the outside is just nourishment for the seed to um yeah, to yeah, take root. So I, I kind of kind of like the idea that you know when they really strip down to strip down to their their essence, it's just like um, I'm picturing now apples and oranges that have multiple seeds in there. They've got like maybe different personalities that can come out because all the seeds are, are sort of taking over. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. That's interesting. Watermelons. I mean, there are a lot that that's a lot of of multiple personality disorder mm. fruit. If you oh, I'm, I'm I'm not thinking that they're multiple <laughs> personality disorders. I'm thinking there's just this is a um something that they live with. Well, I think maybe you just get some like tension between the single like the stone fruit and the yep. seeded fruit or something. Yeah, but they all hate seedless watermelons. Yeah, I mean, they're an abomination. <laughs> all right, three, two, one, click. <laughs> Hospital. Furl. Furl? F-U-R-L. Okay. That's interesting because, I mean, so unfurl means to kind of unravel, unroll. Yep, so I and furl is, is roll the or fold up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Hospital. Is this like a um, bed making simulation where you have to like tuck the sheets in as tight as possible? <laughs> no, I don't know if that's a game. Okay, so this is an add-on to Paperville Panic. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
And For those who don't know, this is that's a VR game where you play a firefighter in a world full of pa- made of paper. Yep. Mm-hmm. In this game, you work in a hospital, and mm-hmm. one of the one of the main one of the main things that you start seeing come in is some of the residents have been furled, which is equivalent to being assaulted, basically, where they're being folded or rolled up. Okay. Well, I was I was I was more wondering if. Uh- if furling was what you had to do, because a lot of the a lot of the sort of people in that game looked like folded up paper. Yep. Maybe they kind of slowly come unfolded, and you it's almost an origami game. Okay. Do you work in the birthing unit then? <laughs> You're folding up paper. <laughs> You're folding paper to make new humans. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the idea that it's just. There's a scene where there's a printer with its legs spread and flat papers coming out with the, <laughs> no. with the patterns, with the patterns no. printed on them. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dot matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's got them. the patterns, right? So you know where to fold it and then you have to fold it. <laughs> Just the leg spread is just wrong, like a, a printer being spread eagle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has a paper output vagina. It makes perfect sense. Oh uh, no, but I was thinking like even doctors would have to know how to furl because like if someone needs a part of their paper replaced or They've come un- unfurled. <laughs> These origami people have become unfurled. <laughs> you have to yeah. be able to refurl them. <laughs> refurl. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I'm picturing some of your your tools of the trade are like glue sticks. Mm-hmm. Staples. Yep. Um, in, in a dire situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sticky tape. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ideally tape. just tabs and, and slots, right? Yeah. Unless that's getting a bit too dirty. <laughs> no, no, no. Tabs and slots <laughs> are getting too dirty compared to the, the print of a job. <laughs> that's not dirty. That's the beauty of life. That's the meaning of life. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh. Tabs and slots are fine. Yep. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then, yeah, you've just sort of got little- uh, It could almost well, be a bit of- um, What was that game on the DS? Oh, Trauma Center, where you've just got a bunch of tools and, you know, you get a case come in and it's like you've got a certain amount of time to- All right, get, hand me the glue stick. I need to glue this up here, fold it up. I'm picturing it still as a VR game. Oh, 100%. I was about to say that um, for Hospital those who don't know, Paperville Panic is actually a VR game as well. Like, I don't think we- Oh, yeah, I may not before. have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this is 100% a VR game because I'm picturing, you know, using uh, VR scissors could actually be kind of awesome. Like- yeah, well, and just even being able to, like, grab the corner of a piece of paper and drag it to make a fold could work quite well, I feel like, in VR. Yeah, and pressing so very down. Specific- and, um, yeah. Well, because you said before about the um, about the printing out of the pattern. Um mm-hmm. Well, the pattern's not going to reach all the way to the edge every time. You're going to have to sort of cut around. Yeah. Like- yeah, like anyone who's done paper craft before. Yeah. yeah. So, the idea of being able to actually 
cut um, in VR could actually be kind of awesome. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I could see being able to um, pull the grip on, on like, the, the Oculus Touch to yeah. close the scissors. Slowly and, and all that sort of stuff, because you don't want to tear yeah. the paper. Um, yeah. Yeah, that could, that could actually be As really long as you cool. can do that cool, like, sliding thing where you, like, keep it sort of half- Half thing and slide. Half thing and, like, slide it along, as long as the scissors are sharp enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So satisfying. Until you tear the paper, gets caught. Um, yeah, that could be really cool. And yeah, I, I think just, uh, cases coming in and having to, yeah, like patch up with a piece, with some paper and glue, a torn abdomen or, uh, you know, you know, replace an arm entirely. We, you know, and again, you go to the, well, wait, so you, do you have to go to the birthing unit to get the pattern for a new arm? I, I think I think there's a different printer that can actually like print off um right like oh, they're, body parts. okay they're like yeah, prosthetics yeah 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 okay that makes sense you go to the prosthetic printer yeah it also is spread eagle but it's it just oh it's also a, an anthropomorphic printer it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a robot it's just in a different part of the part of the, room. Part of the hospital. um yeah so what I, what I'm also picturing is. Um, sort of like there's a story mode going along with this as well. Like, yeah, yes. Um, effectively, you're you're an intern when you first start, and you've mm-hmm. got sort of like a Doctor Cox esque um, uh, role model that you that you yeah, sort of, like a mentor. Yeah, mentor. Yeah, I like the idea that as a men- as a as an intern intern initially, it's just like put your finger here <laughs> to hold this piece of paper still while I do this fold. Yeah, hand me the scissors. Roll up that glue stick. <laughs> oh god. Um yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. You really you really had me with the um with the printer spread eagled. Oh, I know. I know. All right, 3 to 1 click. Liquid frontal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> frontal. <laughs> The frontal side of something. The frontal lobe. Yeah. Is something that uh, um, is not to do with nudity. Mid-17th century in the sense relating to the forehead. Okay. Okay, so forehead liquid is almost sweat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Yep. It's a stretch, but keep going. Um or, hang on, no, frontal, a decorative cloth for covering the front of an altar. Okay. So, we've we've got a few different ideas here. Um, so, this is a communion giving simulator. <laughs> the liquid being the wine. And it's a very blasphemous game, a la Surgeon Simulator, where people come up. <laughs> Open their mouths, and you have to get communion <laughs> wafers and wine in there. Okay, so it's it's, but here's the here's the wrinkle: it's got QWOP controls. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you, you 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 don't have you don't have great control. It's like you're picking up the wine bottle and you're having to, yeah, like control each finger or something. 
uh, and just pour wine all over your, your uh, not constituents, your uh, your flock. Um, for some reason, I'm, I'm picturing that the, the characters in this world don't have fingers. Like, they've just got hands, so they've got to sort of try and grab things okay. together so to they're try sort and of just tip like it out. Stumps. So, they still have wrists. Still have wrists, mm-hmm. but they've just got, like, blocks. Almost almost <laughs> like, um, kind of like Lego um, okay. things of, yeah. of just- Blocks of plastic, sort of thing. So you just you're having to. Well, grab- the re- so religion in Lego in the Lego world hasn't. I don't think they've released like a Catholic Church Lego set. Probably not. So maybe we can be on the forefront of exploring that <laughs> through <laughs> a bumbling uh, priest uh, or that who who just can't. <laughs> Who can't pour wine? Um, why? Why do I get the feeling this has to be a VR game? Well, all right. So one thing that, and and maybe we'll tangent this off just to get away from the troubling idea of attacking of of a, um, tackling Lego religion. <laughs> a Lego <laughs> VR game. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a Lego VR game where, like, Lego people have those hands that if they want to pick something up, it has to be, like, either slid into or clicked into. Yep. And I love the idea of trying to pick something up by basically having to punch it so it clicks into your hand. <laughs> and if you get it at the wrong angle or if it's too big for your hand or whatever, it just it's just going to, like, whack it away. <laughs> <laughs> or you could, like, if it's something that's tapered, you know, sometimes you've got, like- a tapered something, you can kind of put the thin end in and then move your hand down over it to the thicker end and it will hold and and then you can move it. The, I, I think there's a lot that could be done with Lego hands in VR. That could be really interesting. Okay. I mean, the start of the game could literally just be in this in this church. It's just a small little thing of of you trying to pick up the wine bottle, so sure. you know you punch it and it fall, it tips over and and goes on the ground. So then you've got to sort of get your hand behind it so you can punch the um, punch the wine bottle to be actually be able to. Yeah, well, it and it might not just be punching it. If you've got something bracing it from behind, you can you can just push hard enough that it'll click in, right? Yeah, you can you can imagine the ways of of having to get something into a, a Lego hand. <laughs> <laughs> Leverage is is usually what I use to get it, to get things into a well. That yeah, that well, and and the thing is, getting them out of your hand is a task as well. You kind of have to put it on the edge of a table and like as <laughs> it drops onto the ground. Yeah, <laughs> um, that could that could actually be. Yeah, a really interesting way of- Because, look, a lot of the challenge of the, like, Surgeon Simulator Co-op, whatever, comes from just awkward controls. Yeah. Like Octodad. That could be a really cool way to translate that to VR, where you still have full control over where your hands and arms are, but to actually do anything with them, you have to really kind of work at it. Yeah, and and the twisting of the of the hand, you know, that changes the, the angle and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The- the moving forward, like tilting and that sort of stuff, that's just sort of changing the angle a little bit, so you can sort of 
clip on and that sort of stuff. But yeah, um, I'm picturing that if you put a little bit of pressure into it, you're just going to push things over because you're going to have pretty um, light physics. Yeah, uh, it, it would. I think it would take a lot of tweaking to get that to work right. But you know, yep. I think we, uh, I think there are some VR devs out there who are who are up to the challenge. <laughs> And then look, I I don't know what the rest of the game is. You can come up with a we could come up with a story around being a Lego person. Maybe yeah, you I are mean, a fucking Lego priest. I don't know. I, I'm picturing that maybe maybe you're just um you've been the lucky one selected to to do communion today. So you're you're up there doing doing this sort of thing, and then when you when you happen to pour it all over the um the minister's wife, uh, pour the wine <laughs> over the minister's wife and wreck her dress and all that sort of stuff, then they kick you out. Yeah, and then the game really starts. Yeah, and from then on, it's it's you know battling and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it is this a combat based game? I was picturing it more of like a job simulator kind of thing where you've got tasks in front of you and you have to work with these controls. But yeah, uh, but yeah, they could be combat. Sure, they can be combat. How does? How would uh, that'd be interesting? Punch that hammer. Now you can't actually throw it because you can't unclip it from your hand. <laughs> it's all melee. <laughs> it would have to be, and it's all physically accurate. So you could just it could just get pulled out of your hand at any time because it got caught on something the wrong way when it hits it. The leverage, like, twists it out of your hand. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Three to one click. <laughs> yeah, okay. Shine! Veranda! <laughs> well, verandas are generally sort of to keep out the sunshine. Now I just want a, a VR simulator that s- you can basically sit down and have, like, that sound of, like- Rain hitting the roof. You can have like a morning sunshine and nighttime sort of sun setting and just have it calm with different sounds. Yeah. So it's just like a meditation kind of, it's basically a VR screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there and just look out over a scene and stuff happens. Or stuff doesn't happen. <laughs> well, yeah, but like calm stuff, <laughs> like birds flying. <laughs> I, I kind of one of my favorite things to do in summer is to like on a stormy day go out under under a veranda sit down mm. and have a beer as it's about to storm like it's there's nothing better than the the sound of rain on on like a tin roof or all right so you want to capture that in vr yeah maybe this is just where our story begins, begins. So, you find yourself out on the veranda, the suburban home, the pitter-patter of rain is just starting up, and you see the storm clouds raging over, like, blowing over. And then a light shines down. You know a storm's going to come. You see in the distance, like, this beam of light just shine out of the the sky. Out of the sky, out of the clouds, between the clouds, or from the clouds. Between the clouds, like, you, if you can sort of see off in the distance and then it's almost like a spotlight just sort of mm-hmm. comes out of out of the clouds and then starts moving around. I'm picturing this, okay. is, this is some sort of alien craft or something like that. All right. All right. 
Yes. So, I like that idea. You see it in the distance. It kind of- It starts moving around through the bush. And, like, it shines on a tree and you see a bunch of birds, like, fly off. And be picturing it at kind of dusk. Mm-hmm. And it's- And then, obviously, it moves closer and moves closer. And eventually, it reaches you, I guess. I guess. Um. Well, I reckon- I'm picturing this being outback Australia. Yeah, um, that's sort of nothing, nothing around. So you hear, you see, like the light coming down, coming down to coming down. It hits the ground. You see the light sort of disappear, and then you hear the sound. So you sort of, um, you've got to go investigate. Oh, okay. I was kind of picturing that, like you get sucked up into an alien spaceship right away. <laughs> Well, I, I think I think it's one of those things that when you get over there, you've heard a sound of something something land, whether it has crashed or something like that. You head on over there, and then that's when maybe there's some there's some alien beings who who see you as they're trying to repair their their ship, and they yeah. they capture you and and take you on board. Well, so yeah, let's sort of let's figure out what sort of tone we're going for in this game because I could see that beginning being almost a uh, like a thriller horror sort of game in a way where it's like oh I'm going through the bush following this light um, you know you're seeing things moving you're hearing hearing sounds around you yeah hearing dingoes off in the distance hearing um, seeing a kangaroo or so going by yeah fucking cockatoo squawking overhead <laughs> Fucking Man, drop cockatoo bears. squawk. Like if- <laughs> what? Fucking drop bears. <laughs> drop bears. Well, I was going to say, if you like, if a, if you suddenly have a cockatoo take off and squawk, like that would scare the fuck out of anyone in the already tense. Yeah, those things are loud. Uh, what's our? If we're going VR, what is our um, locomotion? Oh, I I. Lo- I like the um, the free movement sort of stuff. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, for this sort of game, I think that would make the most sense. I do feel like it can be a bit immersion breaking just because it doesn't really feel like you're kind of moving then your ho- your, yourself. You feel like a bit of a floating head. Yeah, but I don't, I don't mind floating head syndrome. <laughs> But I guess if you if you kept the movement speed and and such, where it didn't just feel like you were kind of sliding across the landscape, that could be okay. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm what I'm picturing is when you get taken by these by these aliens, I'm picturing that what they were actually coming to Earth for was to was to get a human. Okay. To take back to their to back to take back to their planet to actually be the saviour as such. And you just happen to be regular regular Joe happen to be picked up what is it, to this other planet. What is it about humans that they need? Well it turns out that you know that whole Superman thing of, you know, under a red sun <laughs> um thing. Well, right, it's it the opposite. Um people under a yellow sun, when they get under a red sun, then they've you they know, become a super they don't necessarily get superpowers, but they're they're um I'm, I'm picturing almost kind of like a 
a speed up sort of thing of, you know, everything in the world runs a lot slower. So you can get almost that, um, that super hot sort of feeling, but not, it's more okay. bullet time, but in VR. That's interesting. That could be an interesting mechanic of bringing that in based on the story. Yeah. Rather, rather than it being time moves when you move, it's just time's always moving slow. Well, well, what could be interesting is if it's literally based on the sunlight, that while you have direct sunlight on you, it's yep. moving slow. Because that could create some really strategic situations if we're talking about kind of a combat game. Yeah. Uh, yep. Where, okay, like yeah, you need to be in the light, specifically the sunlight, um, for the time to be going slow. But if you're in, if you're in pure blackness, time goes at double speed. Well, how would you even know if you're in pure blackness? Yeah, but as in you know, there's no <laughs> there's no um, no red sunlight. It's like right. All all conversations and everything seem to go like twice as fast. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, you'd have to obviously the level design would require a lot of thought around. Around where the sunlight comes in and how it, it's how accessible it is. Well, I think early levels you're going to sort of be be sort of doing parts in sunlight. You're going to be doing parts, you know, if if you happen to go behind this tree and you don't have any sunlight on you, then you know things are going to move faster, and therefore you stuck in the idea as to okay, this is where the sunlight energy is and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, but okay, I like the later okay, like- on you get a suit that actually harnesses the energy and can just release the radiation just slightly into your body so that you can oh, so you, you can, can like control time it. a little bit. Okay, that's cool. I like the idea that the aliens speak at double speed, usually. So, like, when you find them, you can't really understand them. Yeah. Or maybe even more than double speed, right? Like, to the point where a human can't, literally can't understand it. Yeah. And so it's not until you get to their planet. So, like, cause I'm picturing a whole scene where they take you and they're sort of trying to talk to you and you're in their ship and you get to watch the takeoff and the fucking light speed or whatever. And then you get to their planet and suddenly time has slowed down, but you can also understand what they're saying. And that's when you finally kind of, they tell you that you're their savior because you, you know, your, your brain speeds up under the light of their red sun meaning your reaction times are so much faster that you become a superhero. So, what I'm picturing is that the the group that you're sort of going up against is almost like a um, a hostile militia or something like that that is coming from, from another planet. Yeah, so, so they're so being invaded. They're being invaded. By the, like, long time. There's been a long-term Cold War or something, and it's finally- It's just turned hot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing that their, their leader has said some, said some horrible things about this, um, about this other, this other group. And that basically escalated things to the point that, you know, shit went down. So this, this other group has gone off to, to find their savior. They, they realized from, um, all these abductions that they'd, um, that some They've of the scientists had been performing um, under, like, black ops sort of things. Yeah. That, that 
you know, the humans um, react differently under under their radiation. Yep. Yeah. And I I think that this is the first human they've actually brought back. Like, they've studied humans with, you know, artificial- Light and 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 different ways of and different radiation and such to yep. sort of understand that this is probably what would happen, but they've never subjected a full human consciousness to to the raw light of their sun. So I, I'm just picturing the sort of um, weapons that you that you're going to be using within this um, within this game. I, I'm picturing they're going to be kind of gun like, but they're they're almost organic guns. Okay. That um, I'm picturing you pick this one up and it's kind of got like a a, a breathing sort of thing or almost a, almost like a heartbeat sort of. Yeah. Well, I think you want quite a lot of visible projectiles, right? Yeah. And that's not to say they can't be, you know, bullet speed. Yeah. Because if you've got this, if you've got this bullet time, you're going to be able to deal with that. But uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of kind of organic style. Shooting out like um, barbs and mucus um, and goo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just imagining almost like a spit kind of like projectile that has like uh, little strands of mucus that just sort of connected to the gun. <laughs> oh god, I just had an idea that like you know that sound that you make when you're building up mucus in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> like that, this gun you can charge it, and it just starts going. <laughs> um, and but and no, you realise that the, the way that you get um, all these guns that you're using are actually living entities that they've that they've genetically engineered to to like do one specific function. <laughs> yeah, they're basically just body parts that are under your control and you can pick uh, up and put down. <laughs> you got a gas gun that is just an anus. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's just the anus on the end of a tube. A flesh tube. <laughs> this has gone weird. Uh, it has. But I really like the bullet time idea because uh, unlike, unlike Super Hot, I love the idea of- like you duck behind a pillar and then things like you're out of the sunlight, right? So things are going full speed. You're hearing, you know, the, 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 the projectiles fly past you and hit the, hit the pillar behind you. And then you're like, oh, all right, they got to reload. You duck out and everything is in slow motion as you then get to kind of clear the room. Yeah. Yeah. I really uh, like and that. yeah. And move to the next, next position. And then obviously, yeah, you're going to have a lot of. Um, a, a lot of moments where, oh crap, I can't get into any sunlight. Like I need to do some, some fancy move or some fancy shooting in real time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or um, yeah, later on, fi- like later on, their scientists work to give you a, a limited, a limited, uh, self deployed sun, whatever radiation to, to give you the slowdown. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think what. What this other this other group that are there, I think they they get a similar sort of reaction from the from the sun, like from the radiation, which is why the aliens can't actually stop them because, like, right? But maybe not as yeah intense not, as yours or something. Not as not intense. The same level. But I think I think we can go for a sequel 
is that they now have their attention poised on Earth. On Earth. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, what would our yellow sun do for them? Well, that that's another thing that you can- We can maybe go that they get superpowered in some way, some other sort of time manipulation. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, I really like the, the time playing stuff in VR. Less the whole fart stick stuff, but, you know. <laughs> I just, just, just getting you back you on that one. <laughs> I'm just getting you back for the printer vagina. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's do one more. Three, two, one, click. Neighbor. Pacemaker. Hmm. Um... So, I know what a pacemaker is, obviously, but I was kind of instead going to take that apart and make it a pa- game about um, your neighbour who is into power walking. <laughs> okay, yep. <laughs> um, and now, I don't know if this is just a game where you're trying to beat them at power walking or if that's just an aspect of your annoying neighbor's personality and it's more a game about that relationship like a lot of the games we've sort of i feel like we've done tonight from these perspectives i kind of like the idea of a game where every like a, a segment of it starts by you opening your front door okay yep and a scene plays out and you close the front door uh and then it's you know it pops up, you know, 3 p.m. the next day or something, you know, a certain day, let's say, in time, and and you open the door again, and there's someone else at the door, and it tells a story just through that f- literal frame. Now, I, I don't necessarily- I'm, I'm picturing a 3D game. I'm picturing maybe even a VR game, mm-hmm. uh, just because the uh, being able to sort of- I mean, it makes sense in that you're standing in one place the whole time, or you could play it sitting, I guess. Yep. But, you know, you can peek your head out the door and you sort of see the neighbourhood around you and, and different things could be around depending on the time of day and depending on, on the situation and the story. Well, the idea of being able to slam the door in someone's face too. Well, absolutely. Like- yeah, you've got you've got control of the door the whole time. So, you can just peek it open a bit. Maybe you have to like unlock, like do the little uh, like chain latch every time. Oh, yeah. I like that. Like, if it's that physical aspect of unlocking and opening the door, or yeah, peeking through to see who it is first. And then, yeah, you could actually, like, that story could go in a bunch of different ways. You could keep it relatively mundane, where it's just you're sort of learning about the people in your neighborhood. And, like, first it is that annoying neighbor asking you if you, you know, they can borrow fucking some power bars or something because they just got back from their power walk and they're so pumped up and you're like, fuck off, I'm going back to my couch or whatever. Um, You know, and then it's Girl Scouts selling cookies and then it's, you know, some woman whose car's broken down and, I don't know, we'll have to come up with a reason why this person never actually leaves the house. Or maybe they do and it's just you don't tell us. what I was actually thinking is that your character is agoraphobic. Yeah, well, that could be- and that that's that could your, be a that's good your actual reason as to why your your character isn't going to leave the house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and why you can why you sort of you order your food online you do everything sort of online you can sort of yep. travel between a few different places in in your house 
I'm thinking that you can sort of warp there sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. Look, I was kind of liking the idea of it literally all being through your front door. Now, that does obviously limit the actual gameplay, <laughs> like, decision-making, sort of, like, how much you can affect the world. But, I mean, it could all just be through the dialogue and actions that occur in these interactions. And yep. and we could just uh, imply certain things in that every night it's a different delivery person at the door, right? Yep. Um, and they give you some exposition of, like, oh, hey, you know, Mrs. Uh, J, like- you know, you haven't ordered from us in a while. And, and and sort of you start to get a sense of the character you're playing as well as what's going on. The other thing I was thinking, though. Yeah. You could then also take this story to a more extreme level, right? Like, shit could be going down in this neighborhood. And again, like, you're stuck in your house. But- you're starting to get realize that I don't know. There's like body snatches, or there's eight, like there's fucking <laughs> zombies, or I don't know. Like it could go to to an extreme situation, but again, you're able to just tell it through the front door. You start getting people, you know, one person comes panicking at your front door and like they want to get in, and you know that could even be a a turning point or a or even a a, a fail point is if you let this person in, they just like eat your brains. But if you, <laughs> if you don't, um, if you don't unlatch the door, like you can just talk to them through the through the gap, then you start getting a sense of of what's happening. So yeah, there are a few different ways we could take it. I'm trying to picture the sort of relationships that you can have with these people, not you know, not sexual or anything like that. I'm, no, I'm no, no, picturing no. you know just. Friendships and and that sort of stuff, like get to know these delivery delivery people, and then one time, you know, your regular delivery person doesn't turn up. Yeah. So then you're, you're asking about what actually happened with this person. Yeah, and, and look, I think it's pretty much all just through dialogue trees. Yeah. Um, like it's basically kind of a, it's just like a a a, 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 um, a visual novel sort of thing. A visual novel, basically. Yeah. Interactive novel with. Certain certain selections in, on which, during conversations, you can make decisions as to what your character yeah. And look, wants slamming do. the door is the same as just saying, "Hey, I'm going to go now," or well, or closing the door, or whatever. Or like, if you, you know, obviously it's going to be rude if you close it in the middle of a conversation, but that's always an option. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I really like that in VR. Just adding that little bit to a, to that sort of visual novel style. Game with like multiple endings, and you can, you know, you've sort of got different story paths for different people in the neighborhood. Uh, whether we go, obviously, whether we go the extreme <laughs> story elements or not, maybe that's just one path. But, uh, I mean, one of the things yeah. that I really love about, um, VR is just the sense of scale to be standing there and have someone literally your size standing in front of you and you're talking. Yeah. Oh, God, that's going to make even just the- Yeah, even just a game is like a visual novel, it's going to add that level of immersion of there's a person there. There's a person at the door. And, and yeah, like, they could be intimidating. They could be a large person and you look through the gap and, like, that just adds something to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of- 
interested to see where where someone could actually take this. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's a there's a balance there between obviously you've got a, a single set of of assets that you would need initially, which is going to be, you know, that that's that's low um, a low amount of work, hopefully. But obviously, then depending on the, the amount of branching narratives and things that you want, and 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 events that you want to happen out outside, you could you could really blow that out and 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 have sort of a lot of custom stuff that you see happening outside. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm just picturing whether it's sort of like, are you living in a court and you're down the end of a court, or are you living just on a street that you can only see like, um, like a street that goes by? So. Yeah, you can't quite yeah, I don't see know. a whole heap of houses. It's yeah, well, I think I think you can sort of start to get the sense of where people live and stuff too. You'd have to you'd have to give the player some control over the cuts. I think. Yep. Uh, like to the next to the next kind of knock at the door. I wonder if you could almost do like a time lapse thing. That could be cool. Where you hold down a button and you you see sort of like the world sort of yeah, or you just the- click the like next scene kind of button but if you're like and, and again you've got full control of your of where you're looking during that uh during that that change but if you're looking out the door then you'll see people running fast you know going past quickly and a dog you know and the sun and the light changing and or the door could be closed and you just see the light through the window sort of changing as clouds go by and as the day like the time of day changes and for some reason, I'm I'm picturing that you can you can sort of uh, almost the camera goes out of body when when you're not controlling the character at the door. Mm. So like you can sort of look around and and your character goes about their their sort of business, but your main thing is that you oh, only really control the person at the door. So you kind of almost <laughs> so you see as someone knocks at the door. You see your character like come over to the door and basically inhabit your spirit again. Yeah. Like their head just merges with your camera position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Because, because I, what I kind of like about that is, you know, you, you sort of got control from the door. You know, you can somewhat control your character, uh, saying, you know, you want to order this sort of food today because you wanted to talk to this person. You can order, you know, some sort of, new gadget online or something like that. But mm. you can also, you know, fast forward it to the next conversation, to the next time someone knocks on the door. But if you're if you're right. initiating certain things, then- So you've got- Well, maybe- Okay, so maybe you're still at the door. You only ever control a character at the door, like you said. But, like, there's a phone um, or there's a, you know, or you can pull out your phone or something. I, I don't know. Like, so you have some ways to control- Who's next going to come to the door? Or this is a futuristic world in which everyone lives in what is essentially like the size of a closet. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that's gonna take uh <laughs> that's gonna take too much out of the standard like suburban kind of thing. But exactly. I think we can come up with a solution for Yeah, for how we would we would uh, solve that and, and give the give the player some agency over over what happens next. But yeah, just having all the all the gameplay basically being with an open door in front of you. That's cool. Uh, there could be some really interesting stuff there. Cool. Okay. 
All right. Well, I think we will end it there tonight. I think so. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Put us in your top eight. <laughs> um, you now have user profiles on Podchaser and you can uh, set up your top eight podcasts and we'd love for you to put us up there because, you know, we're awesome. Uh, if you, we're also part of 8-Bit, the 8-Bit Collective. This is a group of like-minded podcasts about video games and, and other things. And, uh, you can find all of those at 8bit.net or our specific site at 8bit.net slash bitstorm. If you love gaming and everything that it, that entails, then check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or AGP Network or the hashtag AGPN on Twitter. They're a group of, again, like-minded individuals who all created create their own podcasts and just talk about gaming because that's what we all like to do. And finally, we'd like to thank us from Kuradas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And you're a fart wand. (laughs) 